Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. Hey, I'm Zach, and one day I'm going to make movies, but right now I'm young, dumb, and not nearly as good-looking as my co-hosts. So with the help of... I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. I'm Steven. I'm going to learn what makes a movie great by watching all the classics I've skipped over. So pop the corn and turn your cell phone to silent, because it's time for a new episode of Zach on Film. This week on Zach on Film, sequential story and more. We'll discuss Memento. Is there anyone he can trust, but are his notes trustworthy? So he can avenge his wife to remember who he needs to find and resorts to writing himself notes. A man suffers from short-term memory loss. This episode of Zach on Film is brought to you by Amazon.com. Go over to Majorspoilers.com, click on the Amazon.com link, and get Memento, our movie that we're discussing this week. Yeah. Now back to Zach. Yeah, we're talking Memento this week. One of uh, Christopher Nolan's big films that kind of put him on the map. This was like his first big film that put him on the map, right? Yeah, I mean, he had, I think, one smaller film before this called The Following. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have not watched that, but I believe it came out. Is that the one where Marky Mark and Zoe Deschanel run from the wind? No. I don't believe and so. And that was that's not, not a Christopher Nolan. That's, that's, that's the happening. My bad. Where yeah, nothing that's, actually that's happens. Also not on the list. Um, I'm sorry, so, I have this condition. So uh, this is Christopher Nolan before Batman. Have I told Batman. you about uh, Sammy Jenkins? Yeah. <laughs> before Batman, before Inception, before whatever he makes next. Well, Man of Steel. <laughs> the interesting thing, though, is yeah. that since we've watched Inception, mm-hmm. we've talked before about um, his Batman films yeah. and some of the other stuff that he's done. You can see a lot of his future movies taking root in here, right? What's really going on with our mind? Mm -hmm. How do we tell stories via flashback, uh, which he does a lot in uh, Batman Begins? Yeah. Um, And so we see a lot of, of, I think, some of the roots of of future stories coming out of here. The interesting thing, too, is this is based, and I'm pretty sure that um, um, Dark Knight, The Dark Knight. Yeah is also written by his brother. Like this is, Mm -hmm. yeah, Jonathan is the one who actually wrote this story, uh, the short story, which Christopher Nolan then um, twisted around with and and moved up and and turned it into a full story. Yeah, I I think, I mean, they've worked together on this. I think Dark Knight, possibly Inception. I'm not quite, I don't remember quite sure on that one, but I believe his next one, Interstellar, is written, written by him and his brother again. And they just started shooting that. So give us a breakdown of what's what's this story with um, with Guy Pierce's character, Lenny. Uh, Lenny. Leonard. So don't call him Lenny. His wife calls yeah, him Lenny. Yeah. He hates that. Hates that. Leonard. Hates. Leonard Shelby is a man with a condition. He has short term memory loss, and he suffered this uh, when he discovered his wife being potentially murdered and raped in his bathroom, and he was thrown into a window, and now has short-term memory loss. And mirror, are we think. talking about? Mirror. Right. And so now he has short-term memory loss. 
We find this out in the middle of the movie. Before this, uh, he is hunting the man who killed his wife, who he believes killed his wife. And he lives a very interesting life due to this short memory loss. He has to write notes to himself to remember well, to do certain things. Come on, writing notes to yourself is not no not a good way so, to uh, remember to things. deal with this situation. So how, what, what does he do? He just gets a lot of tattoos all over his body to remember the ultimate important things that he has to remember to accomplish his goals in life, which is essentially Actually, avenge his wife's death. John G. John raped G. and murdered my wife. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing that he almost sees every day when he wakes up because it's Brian's tattooed chest. right across his chest, and when he looks in the mirror. There it is. Yep. And he's got other clues like driver's license numbers, or, yeah. or I'm sorry, um, car car license numbers. License drug, th- that drug he's a drug dealer. dealer. Um, right. And and fact one, we are really Facts. we are really led to believe that he does have this system down. Yeah. Right. That the his system makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. because we've got uh, two ways that the story is told. Now the the most interesting thing about this is it's told. In reverse, it starts at the end and works its way back to the beginning. Right. But then there are also chunks that are in the movie that are broken up that are moving forward as he tells this story about um, Sammy Jenkins and the memory loss and how he tried to cope and how ultimately his wife couldn't handle it and ended up essentially yeah. committing suicide yeah, by suicide. by having Sammy inject her uh, with insulin again and again and again. Right, right. Um, and so that's that's a part of the story that moves forward, but everything moves backwards. But as we find out through the movie, even these tattoos are fallible, right? They mm-hmm. there are some serious flaws with his with his logic in in how he's dealing with this situation. Yeah. And the fact that he suffers from such short-term memory loss that it's easy for other people to play him mm-hmm. as well. Right. I mean, right. in the way that this works, uh, Matthew is, you know, uh, the way it's described in this film is I could walk out of the room for five minutes. And unless you're focusing right. on me, I could walk back into the room five minutes later and tell you, Oh my God, Matthew, I just got back from Kansas city. And you'd be like, Oh, tell me all about it. Was it cool? Right. And that actually is kind of comes into play. in I, this story. I think, I think it actually goes one step farther. I think he could actually be looking at someone the entire time, but as long as they make a loud bang noise, yeah, as long that, as his, that triggers yeah. his memory, he's gone. Well, in fact, that does and happen. The, the, right. Go ahead they actually hand. show that a couple of times, especially in the bar sequence, mm-hmm. where he walks up and she talks to him and, and, and basically is awful to him. He walks across the room, sits down. As she comes over, he clearly doesn't remember what just happened. Yeah, and then the same thing happens when he's in the bathroom and he's waiting Mm -hmm. for this guy who's been shooting a gun at him to get back to his hotel room. He grabs a bottle of whiskey, goes into the bathroom and sits down, takes a breather, and then suddenly forgets why he's there and says, well, I don't feel drunk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then he doesn't know why he's there. So let me take a shower. Yeah. And, you know... That's, Which again, that's, like that's yeah. that's a great that's a great moment because since you're watching it backwards, you don't know what's happening, right? Right. Mm-hmm. When you think right. about it in order, it is crazy. Like he's like sitting there waiting. Like this guy's been shooting at him. He's gonna s- s- go back and try t- t- to get a, the drop on him, and then he like takes a shower <laughs> in this guy's shower. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, seconds later or a, an hour earlier, depending on how you you're watching it, there's a moment where he's like, "Oh wait, what am I doing? I'm running." Oh, I'm chasing this guy. Nope, 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 nope. He's chasing me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As he's running, he loses it. The, the fascinating thing that we haven't talked about is 
the first scene of the movie is implicitly, seemingly, him catching and executing the man responsible for his wife's death. Well, he's right. killing somebody, right? right. I mean, we right. don't know. We just right. hear this whole, thing. you did it and pow, and hey, wait a minute. And then we instantly yeah, and see. As we, as we go back in time, we, we see that there's more layers to that. But they started the movie with an action movie climax, mm-hmm. which I think is, mm-hmm. is structurally just kind of ridiculous and it's it's amazing that that even works that they start essentially what we're looking at is kind of a classic noir murder mystery thing where we start with i've solved the mystery and here's the bad guy and now we have the end mm-hmm. it just that 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 struck I, I, me i've honestly i've never seen this movie all the way through before today oh okay and it was it was one of those moments where i'm just like i didn't realize they did that that's fascinating i think uh and really, the beginning of this movie has one of my favorite credit scenes of him just looking at the oh, photo the and just flicking it as it goes back in time. And they're just obviously reversing the, the film, right. but him just like flipping it and the credits going away and then bringing it back and you mm-hmm. just watch it fade. And I mean, that really sets up the whole premise of the movie right uh, there. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's and it's well done, I, I think, mm-hmm. from that point. You know, because this story is told backwards, that I think is the hook that keeps you going through this story because had this story been told in a traditional forward from, from beginning to end approach, Mm -hmm. this would be a really boring movie. Right. And it would probably almost be a comedy a la that, uh, what is it? Not David Spade, but, um, Oh, the Jim Carrey. Yes, man. movie. No, not Jim Carrey, but the, um, 51st dates. No, 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 no. It's the one, one of the, um, which is, which is, by Night the way, Live. a fifty first dates Adam take off on momentum. No, 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 not not Adam Sandler. It's um, uh, Wayne's World guys. Uh, Dana Carvey did that uh-huh. thing where he was the forgetful detective or whatever the name of that movie was. It's kind of the same way. He, every he has a Master of Disguise. I think that's what. No, no, I don't know if it's. I don't think it's Master of Disguise. Every morning he wakes up and he can't remember what's happened the night before. And this is a movie that actually came out before mm. uh, Memento came out. Mm. Um, this movie that came out, I think Matthew, when you and I were in college. I think it's called The Forgetful Detective with Dana Carvey. It's it's the structure of this film that keeps it from being a front-to-back, mean-spirited, horrible black comedy evil. And it's also the thing that keeps it from being just a very a very plotting film noir kind of murder mystery. Because if you were – I feel like if you were to watch this in chronological order, it would feel very bleak. Well, it would feel very horrifying, and, and you know, by design, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if but you watched the, it, the structure that they, I think, if you watched it in uh, in chronological order, it would be extremely sad. Oh yeah, because yes. and and that's the thing. That's what the that's what that ending gives you is you know the the true like mastery of a twist ending is that an ending that makes you see the entire movie in a different way, right? Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So if you've watched. Um, for example, Life of Pi, not at the very end of the movie, but before the movie ends, there's a moment where you suddenly go back and reconsider whether the whole movie yes. is what you thought it was. Right, mm-hmm. right. right. So that, those are those are those moments where you're like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Memento does a great job. Yeah, of that. And I th- but I, that's what I'm saying. Memento does it over and over where, you know, each scene 
makes you reconsider not just the previous scene, but the, the whole scheme of what you've well, seen it, up to it, date. Well, it continually makes you question the motive of every character there. Is Teddy right, really right, a good sure. guy? Right. Didn't we just see him get shot at the end? Why is he shooting his best friend at the end of this movie? Oh, what's going on with... Uh, with Matrix Lady, why is she all of a sudden being a huge, you know, pain in the butt? And why is she double crossing him? And yeah, how come yeah. how come Leonard's wearing that fancy suit and driving a Jaguar when mm-hmm. he really shouldn't be? And yeah. so as this continues to play out and you do get to that shocking reveal um, when Leonard is killing Natalie's uh, boyfriend and it's all and, and Teddy just says, hey, I'm going to tell you this because you can't remember it. You found the killer a year ago, mm-hmm. and I keep doing yeah. this to hopefully get you to oh, remember. By the way, spoilers. Well, they, they kind of yeah. have to spoil that. But, I mean, it's only at that point in the movie where you're like, holy crap, Teddy's an awful person and got exactly what he deserved at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Natalie is getting what she deserves. Uh, uh, um, the boyfriend, Cody or whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, Dogs. Dodd, yeah, uh, he gets what he deserved. No, Dodd is a different guy. Dodd is a guy that oh, yeah, he no, seeks. Right. Yeah, she seeks him on oh, Dodd. Right, 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 right. Yeah, and the boyfriend right. gets what he deserves because he is a uh, a drug dealer. Jimmy, yeah, um, and uh, to an extent, Leonard gets what he deserves too because he's relied so much on his what he believes is the right way to deal with his disability well he gets what he deserves eh, he mm. kind of doesn't I mean, what does he get well he, he gets what he, he wants he just doesn't realize it that's that's true and, i mean and, and and really that's the the and and again obviously spoiler like you you shouldn't listen to these podcasts if you haven't watched them right um yeah, that's true it, he everybody in this movie manipulates Leonard at some point. Right. right. Including Leonard. Like right. that's yeah. that's the big the big thing is that you realize that even he is willing to take advantage of his own conditions yes. to serve his own purposes. Right. 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 But, but I also he, think he, that he basically does to himself what they have been doing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Teddy and, Teddy, obviously, but also uh Frasimator, um Trinity. Trinity. Natalie. <laughs> Natalie. Yeah. When, when when Trinity manipulates him, Teddy manipulates him, and you get to a point where you get to the ending and there is and I'll, I'll be honest here, there's a little part of me that went as sad and as terrible as it is that Leonard came to the decision that he came to. It's kind of terrible, horrible, imbalanced justice. To some degree, yeah, getting us back to the point where the movie begins at the end, right? Mm-hmm. No, you're right, and 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 I think it's it's also through Leonard's arrogance that he believes that he's dealing with his situation, that he allows people to manipulate him and allows Teddy to manipulate him for a year, just going around and killing drug dealers to steal their money. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's it's partly Leonard's fault, but it's also partly the fault of everyone who's playing him throughout the piece. Um, yeah. I, I think that the again going back to what makes this movie unique, it's it's in the way that we tell the story backwards and still make people wonder what led to this, what led to this, what led to this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. I mean, this is a movie where it gets along. Like it also happens to be a good movie, but yes. it gets along on its structure. 
right? Yes. So the structure is that, the thing holding it together. Right. So you can say the same thing of something like, say, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Right. Where the fact that the movie's like... <laughs> That's that's what you're watching. You're watching the structure of the movie mm-hmm. more than what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with Memento. Um, it's a very straightforward um, crime drama, sort of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you watch it in order, if you watch it the way that the movie's presented, it's a like total mind exploding. Yeah, yeah. makes right. you rethink yeah. what is really going on with our mind. Which again, our minds are something that Christopher Nolan continues to approach again and again and again as topics. What is reality? What isn't reality? What are, are, what are we doing to create our own realities? Mm-hmm. Uh, those kinds of things, which I think is real interesting from a, from a director's perspective and a storyteller's perspective is how can I take, you know, three very diverse movies uh, and they all deal with the psychology of the mind and tell them in very different ways. I like in this one, when he does it though, cause it pretty much just tells you, Right, like throughout the movie, is like you can't even trust yourself remembering this movie. You're like, right. your memory is fallible. Yeah, like, <laughs> and how you many, shouldn't even think about you have this figured out because there's no way. And how many times have you Speak watched this yourself. movie? This is my second time. Really, only your second time. How yeah. many times have you seen this? This is probably the third time I've seen it. I think it's like the third or fourth time, and it's been a long time since I've watched the movie. And there were still parts that I was, I was thought i remembered one way it's like oh no that is really different and you really do have to start sure yeah in your mind when he's talking on the phone to somebody and he's telling the story of sammy, sammy jenkins which is obviously it's teddy that he's telling it to is it and what else is going on in those scenes in those black and white scenes that are big clues to what happens right. later right in the piece mm-hmm. uh and the question of, especially with um, the reveal of what happens to the real um, end to Leonard's wife, played by uh, Georgia Fox from uh, um, CSI, CSI um, makes She's you wonder. Pretty. Yeah, she is. It, it makes you wonder, is Leonard actually learning conditioned memories? Because what happened to Sammy Jenkins... Is what happened to Sammy Jenkins. Right, right. What happened to Sammy Jenkins' wife is actually what happened to Leonard's wife. Right. And supposedly he has that short-term memory where he can't remember it. But he's told this story time and time and time again. Right. But a lot of that is starting to bleed over. All that stuff happened before the accident. This is something that, I mean, those memories should be, uh, quote-unquote, intact. Right. He doesn't lose those memories. They're intact, but... but And I think that's proving the, the point that memory is infallible regardless. Right, but here's the thing. Sammy Jenkins didn't overdose his wife with the the insulin. Right. Mm-hmm. Leonard, Leonard overdosed did. his wife with right, insulin right. after after his memory, after his memory loss um, situations. Oh, yeah. that's true. So no, I think right. these are things that he's conditioning himself, and it goes back to that question I forget right. or the comment that one of you made a moment ago about Leonard's using his own. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knows. I think deep down he knows that he's solved his wife's yeah. killer situation or the guy that part, raped his wife. Right. And he, and maybe he's also in denial because of what he's done to his wife. Mm-hmm. And so he has to continually repeat well, this same thing, either out of penance or mm-hmm. out of guilt or out of whatever, uh, to, to make his life seem normal. There's one shot at the very end of the movie that 
I think really changes a lot of things is when they show Leonard in bed with his wife right. in a tattoo over his chest. Right. It says like you, you did it, you you've did done it, it or something yeah. essentially. So what, like what is that scene? Is that the past? He's somewhat, they're, they're showing the backpack flashback of he actually did tattoo himself that he did it and then had the tattoo removed after his wife died. Or, wow. or we've seen him go to tattoo parlors mm-hmm. how do we know that and we've seen him get um uh prostitutes to come to pretend his wife so he can right. remember that night who's to say now he's not this isn't something happening in the future where he's now trying to forget that and convince himself that he has completed the game. Eh, i don't doubt that i i, I wouldn't uh, I, I wouldn't go that until, with that one i kind of read that as exemplary of he is clearly rewriting what memories he has and I kind of felt like that was maybe meant to be representational, not necessarily actually happening, but sort of a representation of his mind kind of chewing on these things. And maybe, you know, that's that may be the next part of the memory that somehow isn't there or isn't there. I mean, it, it was definitely one of those moments that you're just kind of like, what's the symbolism here? I don't necessarily follow, but. It's clearly meant to be, at least from my perspective, clearly meant to be symbolic of something. And what it ends up being symbolic of, of for me is the biggest weakness of the movie <clears throat> is by creating the sense of alienation that Leonard has, that everybody has throughout this film. We also have a very pronounced distance from the story being told, especially, you know, for me, for somebody who wants to kind of be immersed in an experience this is a film that's fascinating to look at and fascinating to watch but i don't necessarily feel like for me the re-watching value is necessarily there because once you know what that ending is it's the story of bastards being bastard coded bastards with a bastard filling well, and i would agree with you to to a point on that except that and what Nolan do, has done, especially with Inception, and it's probably being done here, he's layering so many other things in there that subsequent viewings, a lot of those things come to the surface mm-hmm. and may again continue to mess with your mind and what you remember and what you don't remember about the flick. So I think that this one stands up to a, a repeat viewing, but not repeated viewings, meaning I don't think you could watch this 20 times and still get the same experience as watching it maybe three or four times Yeah, over the yeah, course yeah. of and a I year d- or three years or however it's 13 years since this movie came out. So mm-hmm. part, of, part of the story is that we, the viewer, don't know Leonard. Leonard doesn't know Leonard, but we don't know him. And when I get to the end of that movie, everything that we've revealed about him, I still kind of feel like I don't know Leonard. I don't really feel like I've, I've, I don't want to be the guy who's like, I want to learn something or I want to, you know, I want to have a character who is my point of view character that I have to love. But this kind of feels a little clinical in, in many ways. And again, structurally brilliant. I mean, it really has to be in order to tell, yeah, it has to be in order to tell that story. Right. Um, And and again, it's not, it's not the story you're watching, it's the narrative. Mm-hmm. It has to right. downplay the characters in order to show you this cool thing it's doing. Right. Yeah. And also mm-hmm. the characters have to be a little bit 
remote and the characters have to be a little bit, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, of an enigma, I guess, because you, every, every single character in this movie has a moment where everything you know is wrong and mostly in a good way. But if we got too much of the character before we got that everything we know is wrong moment, you know, it would, it definitely would undermine those hits. Mm. I think we've got some people to thank uh, yeah. this week. Let's shout out to some people. Uh, I'd like to give thanks to Ian Hamilton, Kent Dodd, Daring Hennison, Casey Bax, <laughs> Derek Chin, Matt Verlinden, Adam Mickelson, Nicole Gross, Bao King, Timothy Kelly, and Ingrid Lindyan. Thank you for supporting Major Spoilers and all that you do to keep this ship a-going. You know, a lot of times um, producers, associate producers, are people that just provide funding to a film. And so these people are really associate producers of this podcast. That they are. That's what we're going to start doing. We're going to start calling these people our associate producers who make this episode possible. I like it. Yeah. So thank you, one and all. The, the The best boy. This is a different, different uh, associate. Position. Yes, associate producers yeah. asterisk who receive no, uh, no, no profits. No, from no profits from this, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, that's how yeah, I found out. Profits. That's how I. That's how I. You know. That's how I found out that I had an IMDb uh, entry mm-hmm. is because it lists me as an associate producer of a film I funded uh, through Kickstarter. Through oh, Kickstarter. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So, nice. um, a movie I am thinking of with Dana Carvey, Clean Slate. Uh, a private eye who has amnesia must go to court about a kingpin's murder. Never seen it. Yeah, you, hmm. it's probably fine. Uh, on IMDb, it has it a it has a five five point three out of ten rating. Wow. Uh, it came out in 1994. A comedy mystery. Now here's the thing: we have seen characters since Memento that have this condition, usually in comedies. Yes. There's Fifty First Dates mm-hmm. where Drew Barrymore mm-hmm. has this condition. And of course, there's Dory from Finding Nemo. Yes, yes. And uh, there's probably other movies that are doing this as yeah. well. Oh, sure. Um, Wait, what are we talking about? Exactly. We'll tell you next Wednesday. I'm sorry, I have a condition. So, what about beyond just the editing aspect, which is really important, especially when you're telling the story in the chunks that it's telling? Sure. From a technical side, what are things that you picked up on? What are things that you thought about? Uh, as watching this movie, when watching this movie, I mean, I think the black and white se- sequences aren't as powerful if they're not black and white, because I think they needed to be a stark contrast to the main portion of the story, which was going reverse, and to the black and white, which is moving forward in time. Mm-hmm. But also because. In some cases, the black and white is actually giving you more pertinent information to learning about Leonard and the world that's happening in the black and white, where the it seems the main story is just there to somewhat confuse you at times. Okay. Um, anything about the cinematography, anything about the lighting, anything about acting that you picked up on? I... Uh, uh, Any of the other productions? Well, things. no, no. I think acting w- was good from uh, uh, Leonard Mann because he Guy, he, Pierce. Guy, Pierce, Guy Pierce, who was in Iron Man three. Oh yeah, as the Mandarin. Look at that. Hey, Look at that. Oh, there we go. Bonus spoiler. Yeah, there, you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, well, because you need his 
reactions to be on every time he's forgetting his memory mm-hmm. because otherwise then you have if his reaction isn't somewhere every time right. he's coming to and remembering and then giving the whole spiel of i have a condition blah 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 blue 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 have you heard of sammy jenkins if it's not the same every time then we would almost have to doubt that right. he's he's right. just lying okay um I think one of the interesting things about this is that uh, it shows how you can shoot in Los Angeles without really realizing that you're in Los Angeles with a lot of the the places that they show. And I, I think oftentimes when we see movies that are set in Los Angeles, they play up the the big glamour aspect of Los Angeles, mm-hmm. right? Like Hollywood Bowl, mm-hmm. Sunset Boulevard, Hollywood Hills. And then you don't have any of that. I mean, you're literally on streets that you probably know their names but they're at parts of the city where it's just average and i yeah. remember orange county road yeah orange county road uh <laughs> i remember when i was in los angeles and living there that there were times when well, not living in los angeles but living in southern california there are times when we would go to los angeles and we would be on a particular street that people know and suddenly you're like this looks nothing like what people imagine it to be yeah uh, definitely very, not at this height if, right if right right know. yeah yeah and um, I think you see the same thing happening in a movie like Seven, where it's taking place in Los Angeles, but because of the way you're shooting... Place in Chicago. No, Los Angeles. It makes you think that you're in Chicago because of the elevated train, right, because right, of... Right. But no, it all takes place in, in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, The elements of making you think you're in a nondescript location, I think, really, really work. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in this movie, uh, particularly, um, and, unless you recognize landmarks, which you don't in this piece. No, no, there's, it could just be any city USA. There's, there's actually, I mean, that's a good point. There's almost no city shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, a lot of like, there's no, there's no, there's no establishing shots. Right, right. You're only oh, told, yeah. you're yeah. only told. Hey, I thought you'd be on your way north to San, San Francisco, or uh, you were going to go down to San Diego. There's nothing really in there that says we're in Los Angeles. It just gives you those two locations. So you're somewhere in a large city between those two mm-hmm. spots. So you would assume that it's Los Angeles. Um, so I think that that's interesting. And I think the fact that it's not played up as a big production, and obviously this was probably not a, uh, a major production, um, makes it feel like a smaller personal film. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a great point. If you, you know, when you're, when you're putting a film together, you don't just have to consider what shots you're going to include. You have to consider what shots you're going to omit. So, you know, establishing shots are a huge part of, mm-hmm. of filmmaking mm-hmm. today and have been for a long time. In this movie, you need to not have establishing shots. Yeah, that was really a smart important. decision. And if there are, they must be so brief that you, you know, basically don't don't remember them mm-hmm. or at least i don't no. pretty sure there aren't no there aren't i mean I today so. i mean really kind of starting and maybe a little bit sooner uh starting with uh, television shows like uh alias anytime that you're doing a flyover of los angeles it's like you see the liberty tower and all that stuff mm-hmm. it's like every television show now and almost in a couple of movies i've seen it is that same stock footage shot of that aerial mm-hmm. looking straight mm-hmm. down of oh now we know that we're in los angeles right. kind of thing so if it's if it's a a sci-fi thing there are like these floating letters that say los angeles over it and you right. have to like fly in between them yeah right uh, i think excluding 
establishing shots is plays even more into the structural aspect of the film because Memento is all from Leonard's point of view. So, right, I mean, right. like, tight point of view. I mean, like, we get... Yeah, a lot of, of tight shots. Uh, first person, and, a couple of first person shots, it seems like. Why Why do you... Th- well, you mean point of view shots? Yeah, yeah. Why do you think that we frame a lot of our, our shots of those people having discussions in those tight, medium close-ups? Because right, it's him looking at them. Well, not that, nope. but he specifically says a reason in the movie. Oh, because he always has to look at their eyes? I have to look at your yeah. face. I have to see your eyes. If I can't see your eyes, I get lost. Yeah. And so we are intentionally framing things on close. When things are important, we're framing close so that we're paying attention to those details. The more things you see on screen, the more information you have. Mm -hmm. Right. This is a movie that consistently withholds information from you. And it does so, uh, you know, in a way, obviously, this is all on purpose, but it makes you feel like even little unimportant details are kept from you. You don't know what pants a character's wearing because right, the right. whole scene that you see them there is just a close-up of their face you know things like that hmm. the heck movie Interesting. oh it's in uh, thor the dark world where they do that for comedic effect where the entire time you're looking at somebody and you're seeing him from the waist up in a nice mm-hmm. medium shot uh, and then it's only yeah. when you're ready for the punchline that you cut to the wide shot and you realize oh he's been doing this entire scene in front of these people without pants on right right uh, so yeah, those are things that you have to think about as you're as you're shooting your shots. Yes, who is wearing pants in your movie? <laughs> yes, who no is one. not? No pants. What else? Anything else, Zach, that you want to bring up that you want to share with us about your immense knowledge? And oh, I know, question. Okay, then I'll get to my thing I had. What about your fiance? She watched this with me, oh, and wow. by that I mean more than 15 minutes and then fell asleep. I mean, she stayed up through the whole thing and watched it. Wow. Yeah. And what'd she think? Well, interesting you would say that, since this is such a momentous occasion. Wow. Uh, uh, We actually, I said, hey, you know what? People don't think you're real. (laughs) 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 So... Let's record something really quick. Okay. And we did. So, fiance, we just finished watching Memento, and did you like it? Yes. And what are your thoughts about the movie? I have no thoughts, because they're scrambled, like Linny's. It's, it's pretty cool. Thanks. <laughs> How about that? Look at that. Fascinating. Wow. Man. Great. Post-production. <laughs> yeah. The best thing about this is that because of the particular movie that we're recording, I have every, I have the ability to say that I heard it and yet have no recollection of it. Yes, exactly. I'm sorry. What are we talking about? So what else did you pick up on there, young Zach? Well, this isn't technical, but okay. It this is this is the second movie, I believe, in this podcast that we have watched that. Is hey, from a person's Nolan? point of view. No, oh, okay. a person's point of view. We watched Chinatown, right? Which is all from his point of view, mm-hmm. and Memento is all from Lenny's point of view, right? But Leonard, the big his wife called him. Yes, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Like Leonard, 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 uh, Leonard is a flawed character. I mean, the story is inherently flawed. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it's actually more than that because this is my second time watching it. And I've recently been reading a book called The Power of Habits. And in this, there's a giant sequence of chapters 
about a man who suffers from short-term memory loss and him learning habits to keep his life going. Mm-hmm. And so I think the problem I have with this movie, watching it again, was that how does Leonard mm-hmm. remember he has short-term memory loss? Mm-hmm. Which yeah. bugged me the entire time. Yeah, and I mean... it. It's something that you can see as your first clue. Right. That right. he is, in a way, able to form or at least distort new memories. Because, yeah, how does he remember to leave himself notes for anything? Mm-hmm. Unless he writes... His very first note is always, you have short-term memory loss. Right. Um, you have to write yourself notes for everything. Which, at, weirdly, 51st Dates addresses. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. the, the girl in 51st Dates doesn't remember that she has memory loss. Right. So... One of the she things that she's still yeah. yeah, one of the things that they do is every time they have to explain this to her, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and I mean, so with short term memory loss, you can learn habits and you can uh, subconsciously learn the layout of your house, your block, or something, but right. you can't explain while why you do it. So I mm-hmm. can I can rationalize that he writes notes to an extent because it's a it's a cute habit thing that he learns on, but the fact that he can remember he has short-term memory loss and remember Sammy Jenkins, when it, which is a completely fabricated story. Well, it's not a completely fabricated story. It's his story taking place after he had short-term memory loss, though. Yeah, but it, no, but it's an. But Sammy, an Sammy Jenkins does Sammy, exist. Sammy Jenkins is a real person. It was a real case when he was an insurance adjuster. That that's how he knows about short-term memory loss in the film, mm-hmm. because even Teddy comes back and says. Hey, you're remembering the ending of the Sammy Jenkins story wrong. It's not Sammy didn't kill his wife. Sammy's at an institution, right? And and so that's what happened. No, he's so, not at an institution. Well, no. he, he was a no. con man. No, Sammy's Sammy's not. Yes. No. no yes. No. no. Sammy yes. Was, Sammy was a con man. He Teddy was doing it on purpose. Sammy was a con man. Yeah. Teddy tells him Sammy was a con man. When you see Sammy Jenkins at an institution. Oh, that's right. that's right, and that's and that's one of the yeah. screws because you see somebody walking yeah, yeah. in front of him, and, and there's Leonard sitting to... on the chair. Yeah, for a split second. Oh, go back and watch oh, Memento. Man, I have to go back and watch yeah. it again because I've totally forgotten that part. Yep. Uh, see, unreliable memory. memory. I know, unreliable memory. So, so I mean, does an unreliable Wait, narrator hurt your viewing experience of movies? Is it? Does it make you no, I think not enjoy a movie? Just as much? like what we're talking about, I think it adds that extra layer of yeah, right. what do we have to get through in the piece. Yeah, uh, I, I, obviously it has to be um, the right movie for it. Right. I mean, there's a reason why this sort of situation um, is only treated in comedies outside of Memento, mm-hmm. and I think that's part of the reason is that. An unreliable narrator only works in very specific stories. Mm. Um, if you remember the uh, Phantom podcast of sitting, Singing in the Rain, <laughs> yeah. the whole exposition is given to you. You are seeing what actually happened, right. but the guy is narrating something else entirely, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's an example of kind of an unreliable narrator, but you're still getting all the information right? right. Um, for comedic effect. Mm-hmm. In this situation, for effect, you are only getting the information that he has access to at any given point. What if, as Leonard tried to prove when he was telling the story of being the adjuster, that Sammy was faking it? What if Leonard is only faking it so he can carry out his secret, and psychotic, I like to kill people, that's fantasies? Part of I think, too, because 
I rationalize. There's no way he he never writes a note that he has short term memory loss. He just automatically knows well, he has memory loss. But but see the thing is the movie itself by by showing that he distorted that story mm-hmm. and that he may have continued to interact with his wife, which he's like putting back into the mix. It goes to show that he can make new memories, just not reliably. Reliable. Right. And I think right. that's I think that's the when you get to the end, that's what the movie is telling you at that point was actually the structure. Right. Is he can make new memories, just they're unreliable, and only if it's something that is kind of like serving his own agenda. No, you're completely right. Because in his Sammy Jinkus story, he tells his wife that he believes he has the ability to create new memories, which right. apparently Leonard right. does. I believe Sammy does, yeah. Mm-hmm. So... I will say and it's, one a, it's, it's not a I physical, noticed, it's a psychological mm-hmm. thing. One thing that I noticed Bam, about this film <laughs> that, is, that is completely and utterly meaningless to the ongoing narrative... You never give insulin in the crook of the arm. You want insulin to go into fatty tissue and not directly into the bloodstream. Yeah, that was that was weird. Um, but eventually, we do see a leg and uh, gut and a hip. Yeah, yeah. The hip the hip shot is dead. You know, dead on, and the stomach shot actually is pretty good. But you never go straight into the arm like that. That's like you know. John Travolta mainlining heroin in a bathroom in a Tarantino flick. Yeah. But that's just me, you know, and nobody nobody really cares about that. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, these are the sorts of things that can take you out of a movie when something yeah, is yeah. Yeah. inaccurate. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, that's the, I think that's the thing that throws a lot of people when they get into the nitpicking of continuity uh, errors, mm-hmm. uh, which is what that is, and um, um, um factual errors that right, right. people just make because we have in our mind what we think an injection is like right or we sure. have in our mind what it's like to be in xyz location mm-hmm. uh and so we just assume that and unless you are personally in contact with something that contradicts that or proves it wrong otherwise uh we start to develop our own false memories our own false notions and yeah it was uh, weird for me to tell me this propagate false beliefs yeah i mean when you told me that this all took place in los angeles i was like but it looks just like vancouver <laughs> i had never even thought about where this movie takes place before no. i'd never really thought of it see and it never even occurred to me to figure out where it is because it's not necessarily about where no, and i'm wondering not. you know whether but i, whether I, I, I kind of pay attention to those kinds of things i you know i never thought about it consciously but i i i I knew that this was set in los angeles and i think i because i've lived in los angeles Mm -hmm. i was like that look that it totally Mm -hmm. does look like la there's just something about but it's a the the size of the buildings yes and b like the 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 way that the streets are yeah yeah. and and the level of like crap all over the place yeah yeah, yeah. and (laughs) like like, oh yeah this takes place in la totally (laughs) that's because the la that we see in movies in big time movies it's sparkly clean wonderful happy hill time but this is the dirty Los Angeles. Right, right. Eat. This is this is Los Angeles that has like a motel and then like a little crappy bar <laughs> and then a tattoo parlor. Yeah. Yeah. Just like Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, Memento made uh, was a movie that was made for nine million dollars, ended up making thirty nine million dollars worldwide. I think it opened up on the same weekend as. Oh, I forget the other movie that it opened up against. Um 
What year was it? 2000. And one, 2000? 2000. 2000. I forget the weekend that it opened up against. That is that is something that IMDb should have on there. Oh, the other movies that it opened yeah, against? Yeah, it's like... In America, movies... it opened in 2001 in the spring. Yeah. March of 2001. Oh, okay. Probably just hit the film circuit in 2000. Oh, yeah, because it went to, I think, Sundance first Did or it? something. Yeah, like it went to... It, it was Venice in 2000, and then I think it opened in the UK before Venice. it opened in America. Same weekend that uh, Memento opened, you had Exit Wounds, Enemy at the Gates, The Mexican, 15 Minutes, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon mm-hmm. was still going on. It had been in theaters for, I don't know, 15 weeks. <laughs> Hannibal was out for six weeks. So the only movies that opened that weekend, Exit Wounds, Enemy at the Gates, American... Uh, Is Exit Wounds the um, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Dennis Rodman movie? Dennis Rodman was in a movie. Yeah. He's actually been in multiple movies. This one had... Or no, was it Steven Seagal? Uh, Tom Arnold, Eva Mendez. Wow, not at all. <laughs> yeah, that's who it lists. Anyway, wrap us up here, Zach. Give okay. us some final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts. Watch Memento, be confused. It's pretty cool. I like it a lot. Anyways... Head over to Majorspoilers.com, where you can find this podcast on the podcasting posting page, where you can give your comments about Memento and all things you think about this episode uh, in the movie in which we talk about it. And while you're at Major Spoilers, go to uh, click on the Amazon.com link, where you can go to Amazon and buy a Blu-ray copy of Memento, or a Blu-ray player, or a TV, or anything else you want from Amazon. They have so much stuff there. It won't cost you any extra, but a little bit will come back to Major Spoilers help keep us going week after week after week next week on Zach on film we're gonna get happy and lovey-dovey as we talk it happened one night If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.